0: I think Joe Joyce perhaps thought he still had his helmet on when he started his fight with Carlos Takam. He took a few blows in the early rounds, but the headline will say he stopped Mr Takam in the sixth round to ensure he remains on course for at some point in the distant future, no doubt, a shot at the WBO heavyweight world title. This is After the Bell, Fighting's boxing show, Back After an Absence. I'm sure you can guess which of the three of us has had trouble over the last couple of weeks coming to terms with a certain uh, sport not coming home. It was neither me nor Barry Jones. Declan Taylor is also here. Gents, uh, Well, Barry, I'll come to you first. As I said, Joe Joy stopped Carlos Takam in six rounds. The headline is good. Uh, Josh Taylor was very scathing, really, of the performance on BT Sport there just now. Uh, What were your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it's obviously too. So we're all going to say the obvious things. He's way too easy to hit, but he always has been. Or throughout his career, it just seemed more evident because I think he was trying to be a bit more aggressive, but without any change to his pattern of his work. So you know, he's still one-paced, which he is. That's how he is. That's fine. It, it, you know, it, but there was no other thought. When, when he beat, when he when he beat Daniel Dubois, there was thought to everything he did. And it's and he seemed a little bit faster, even though he wasn't. But it seemed that way because he was thinking about what he was doing. Here, he just thought, "I'm going to make this guy work hard, and then knock him out," which he did, and it worked. So, you know, we can't criticize. Well, we can, we will, and we are his tactics because they were spot on. I'm making work; he can't hurt me, which he, which he looked like. You know, he, he took a few shots, and and he was like maybe shook up, but never really seriously hurt. But you, but with, you're not thinking about tonight. You're thinking about and like we all are if he's that easy to hit against Anthony Joshua who would go right at him and get inside or uh, that long you no know, really fast little looping right hand of Deontay Wilder does he still stand up I take him one three four of those and and you tend to think I well, probably not and that's the worry so you're not thinking about this fight tonight where you know he did what he said he would do he would walk through and stop him and ultimately, in in two weeks' time, people will forget about the what seemed a quite lethargic performance and just remember the result. And he beat Carlos Takam better than the other than his rivals. And and now he cements his, his place as the 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 next challenger for that WBO title.
0: There were quite a few overhand rights landed from Takam in those first couple of rounds, Dick. But but Barry's right. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter uh, in the end. But if you're, if you're watching that, as Bayer says, with an eye to the future, are you concerned or, or is this just a, a sort of one-off fight that he can he can improve on?
2: I think you've got to sort of take a bit of both, really, because I do think that he un- underestimated Takam, probably for want of a better word, underestimated him and went in there expecting to win comfy, to be honest. And because of that, I think particularly in the first couple of rounds when he got caught a couple of times, he maybe wasn't switched on like he would be, say, if he was fighting Joshua or Wilder. But that being said, that doesn't mean that he's going to necessarily be able to sort of work out how to defend against that in the next six months. Although, having said that, I mean, what we're talking, probably another 18 months, two years before he ever gets his hands on Joshua, for instance. So I don't know. I, to be honest I'm slightly concerned because I was big on Joyce um big on him giving anyone a, a hard night and now I just think that like Barry said it's not anything new that we've we've seen tonight but it was a worrying amount of shots that he got hit with um big ones as well uh I I don't know but he did he did the job he got he got it done he got it done quicker than Joshua um and I mean what is that chin made of to be honest because he got hit with how many times 10 12 15 shots probably 10 right hands on the button throughout the course of six rounds and didn't flinch. So I mean that's a good thing. But like Barry says, if it's Wilder throwing them, then what happens? Or Joshua. Although, you know, Takam's little isn't he? six foot. Just a shade over six foot. So it's a different trajectory. So maybe when he's got someone big in front of him, he sees them coming, he defends them better. A bit like he did with Dubois, just a bit more of a salute kind of thing. And when they come from low, he just didn't spot them tonight. Um but he managed to see him out and and stopped him. And I'm sure we'll get onto it in a minute. For me,
1: the stoppage was fine as well. Uh, my worry for him is not that he got, that he gets hit too easy, because obviously does. It was the same shot. Mm. So that's, that's a worry that you don't... That your brain, as intelligent as he is outside the ring, in the ring, his brain can't figure out I'm getting caught with the same shot. It's like when you when you keep throwing a jab and you keep missing. Sometimes having... <laughs> The, the less intelligent you are, the better it is sometimes as a fighter because you tell a fight in the corner go out and with that jab and, and if, 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 if that's all you can maintain in your brain, then you'll do that even when it's not working you'll persevere but your whole when you're a the thinker then you, know, you throw three or four jabs and you, when you, your trainer knows that how you get the win and that doesn't work you stop doing it even though you he say, he knows that that's the right thing for you to do your, your whole body saying you're missing this is wrong. Or if you can't can cope with the same shot, at some point your body's going to tell you, or you've got to tell yourself, <laughs> I've got to do this, or I've got to stay low, and I've got to move, and something. And he didn't, and that's the worry that, you know, the thinking on his feet. I thought he, I thought he, he, he was using his brain so well in the in the Dewey fight against his different opponent. I know that I thought they would work. They there would be an improvement on that. That I thought that was an add on to him, which he looked much better, more fluent in in, in, in every movement that he had. And I thought that was going to be the catalyst where he would start to improve, even at a later age in life, he would start to improve because that experience gave him the flagpole to move on. And and he, he didn't. He's gone. He, that 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 performance there to me, different style as Deccan said, of course. But he looked like he's gone back you know, to just I, I'm the juggernaut. You no, know, you can't believe in it all because you're not indestructible. Nobody is. George Foreman will tell you that. You know <laughs> and. And he doesn't have that raw, as, as strong as he is and as hard as he hits, he doesn't have that raw one-punch KO power. Or it doesn't seem, you know, be And I, I think because he lacks a bit of speed in his shot, so it's heavy, but it's not the, the whipping shot with weight that, that, that he maybe needs. So without that, he needs to learn to either get lower, slide in and out, slide in and out, since he's never going to be fleet-footed, but he can slide in and out rather than just plod forward or get closer. You know, I think if if your if your whole style and your whole uh, game plan is to make him work hard and tire him out, he didn't make Takam work hard. Takam worked hard, but it was he, it was at the pace that he was working at. So you, know, you he, there was no real pressure of presence. I don't felt from from Joyce, even though he was in front of him all the time. It was never threatening pressure. And I think so. He had to get closer and risk that shot that he's taking anyway. Or sliding out of distance and making him a half tag haggard a hit. No, yeah, well, well, there was no improvement on the Dubai fight. That's pretty much what I what I should have just said. Well <laughs> I mean, we, we finished by now. <laughs> as
2: as well as like not failing to make adjustments to it, the fact was that Tacham didn't have to work for the right hands. He literally just had to slip outside the jab and come over the yeah. top every time he wanted Punch and punch was, high. That's all he did. It. Yeah. Yeah. it was there for him every time. So like it's not like it was a a real nice setup or a trap or anything. It was just like I'm just going to do this every time, and it it seemed to work every time as well. So, yeah, slightly sort of concerning. Like even though, like you say, Martin, the headline is you know, Joy stops Takam in what six, which is a very good result. It doesn't tell the whole story.
0: You mentioned the stoppage. I don't want to to dwell on it too much. It, really, the beginning of the end came very, very, very early in that sixth round with the hook, and then it was almost as if. I think Takam is, is quite languid in his style anyway. So I, I kind of think I'm caught between Steve Gray thinking he wasn't throwing anything back, wasn't defending himself, but also thinking Takam is just just a bit like that, just a bit almost lazy. Uh, but you didn't have any problems with the stoppage.
2: No, you, I mean, I, I know not exactly what you mean. You, he, looked, he sort of was moving in the same patterns that he would do anyway. But when you're not throwing for that long and when you're getting peppered like that and you've just been wobbled, basically all you're waiting for there and we say it sort of every time when we talk about stoppage are just waiting for him to get cleaned out and it was like Steve Gray noticed that and said well let's not allow that to happen because he's done it he's about to, it's a, you know it was early and very early in the round it was what about 30 seconds into the 6th round um yeah
1: absolutely no problem with that stoppage whatsoever and that's nice to say you have to throw back yeah. or do something yeah and 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 if you are throwing back it has to be effective and so he didn't he didn't so at the beginning of that 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 tirade of of shots from he tried to fire back a little bit but unsuccessful then he covered up and if you're covering up and taking shots and by the way all those shots from Joyce, no none of them i don't think were any like seriously threat they were all accurate you've got to fire back you got hit with that body shot first of all that will hurt him and then he went from there he tried to fire back then when he stopped firing back and then gets hit back after after taking five or six shots without without doing anything then the referee's already on edge to step in before that. So when he goes back on his heels, that's the perfect time because you get over criticized. Then if the next shot puts him on his back and you go, you took three shots too many, there ref. Yeah. You know that, that that's the issue. I got no issue with it. You know, and, and as a fighter, you know you got to fire back. We've I've been there and I and I and I fired back and I've been there when I didn't fire back. You know and and I had no complaints about it. So you know you know he, he's complaining but. Yeah, there was not opportunity for him there, and he knew it. Where he needed to fire back, and he didn't. So being hurt or not irrelevant. The referee looks you, you. The perception that you are hurt to the referee is enough.
0: One thing I wanted to touch on: Steve Broughton was, I guess, promoted uh, in the corner against Daniel Dubois at very, very short notice when Ismael Salas either had COVID or, or was a contact. I can't remember. And then, of course, Salas. I believe he still is Joe Joyce's trainer officially, but has been absent for the whole camp yeah, this time.
2: Of COVID, COVID complications again, apparently, with that one. Yeah.
0: Is there, you know, without casting aspersions, you know, Steve Broughton has obviously done a solid job, but is there a suggestion that maybe that experienced coach is what Joe Joyce needs? I don't. Know. I'll, I. I think it was one of them. He
2: got. He got hailed, Steve Broughton, after the Dubois fight, and rightly so, but. I'm sure he didn't sort of soak it all in because he knows that a night like this where his charge gets clipped a few times and people go, well, he's quite young, he's quite inexperienced. I think it seems to be working okay. I know exactly what you're saying. I think he was saying the right things in between the rounds as well. It's not like nobody was picking up on it. It was just that Joyce wasn't necessarily making the adjustments in there. So, yeah, it's a weird one with Joyce because if you think about it, what's he had now, 15, 15, how many, what was that, His 15th fight or something as a pro? In maybe even yeah. less yeah 16th yeah i mean what's he had now he was started with salas he went to booth for a bit um he was brought and he had salas coming back he's you know been all over the shop already and he's he's only had this many fights so i don't know i think allow him to settle allow him to work on work on stuff um yeah i i, I kind of get what you're saying i don't think it's good this thing with salas and he's not around or whatever is he even part of the team is he telling them stuff is there how many voices are there in the camp not quite sure. Um, but it is this sort of performance where people do start asking questions. So it'd be interesting to see where they go from here. But for me, I think it seems to be, it seems to be looking good.
1: Yeah, I would know. Again, I just think, no, that's... That, you can't remould Joe Joyce. Mm. Certainly at this age, the, the age that he is, and as long as he, the success he's had boxing the way he boxed, it's almost impossible to change. You can change a little bit. So I don't think you're going to see massive he, he did didn't seem as good in this fight as he did in the previous but then you know the, and I was one of the first ones to, to praise the Steve at the time saying you know, if this I remember saying on Twitter if this was a a name trainer they'd be hailing him as the best trainer of all time again yeah. and because it was a, it wasn't a sexy name the, the kid never got a mention and it wasn't fair but you no know, he got the win you know if he gets beat. I still think you only the trainer's only as good as their fighter anyway. That's the truth of it. As much as you can help, the fighter's got to do it. The fighter's got to feel it and think it. You, know, you can tell him what to do. Like I said, I will go back to my point. Earlier. You can tell him he's got to throw that jab, but if he can't, if he if he doesn't feel it, it's not working for him. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it unless he has no brain. And then, you no, know, then you then you maybe he will do it for you maybe, and that might be a success or a failure. Who knows? But you know, a fighter's going to do what he wants to do at the end of the day. But you have to go back to the gym. The corner works. Important. You see, being a cornerman and a, and a trainer, can, are not are being a good cornerman and a good trainer, are not exclusively the same thing. That's why Angelo Dundee used, used to come in at the end of camp, pretty much the end of camp for Ray Leonard, and take over because he was a great cornerman, motivator, could read, a, could read a fight. But he didn't do the day-to-day like dog work. And so it's a different, it's a different trait. So I think you have to, you're not going to, if you don't do it in the gym, you're not going to do it in the ring. And maybe they didn't work on something maybe they didn't work on some things that they should have been working on because they've come off such a big success that they maybe thought the bit more movement they had was in the bag. And it probably wasn't. And probably needed to still be, you know, going over again and, and muscle memory and keep and keep doing it. And all this is a guessing game, of course, but I don't I don't think the kid deserves any criticism because they got the W and a stoppage. And he's just got hit loads of times, but he got hit loads of times with, with with Adam Booth, and and he got hit loads of times with Salas, and they're all they're well respected and, and you know famous trainers. So Able you know, Sanchez, and we never Sanchez. give them and we never give them any stick.
2: Yeah. So what I mean, a- Abel Sanchez as well. So Abel
1: Sanchez, there you go. Yeah.
2: So yeah, let's not tra- let's not change to get
1: a the new trainer again. <laughs> yeah, well I, I was gonna I, actually I was thinking about training fighters. And I think. <laughs> I be, only fighters who fight for world titles, though. Could you? There's, could you know, you many, read, there's read, no read, the other stuff. Could you hold pads for him though? What's that? Could you I, hold I wear those stupid. Um, yeah, shoes. Those stupid boots that Salas wears. Me and Salas are probably about the same height, aren't we? So we'd be uh, well suited.
0: <laughs> I should point out just 13 professional fights for Joe Joyce wow, before anyone uh, corrects us. You mentioned earlier Derek, that it's not it's not implausible that he could be waiting. 18 months, two years for a world title shot. I feel like he's kind of in a similar situation to Dillian White. You know, he's now faced with the choice between waiting. Now, listen, let's be honest. Fury could never fight Wilder. That fight could fall apart. They could both retire. Usick fights Joshua and we have Joyce against the winner in in eight months or so. Okay, that could happen. But if it doesn't happen and Joshua does fight Fury, you know, what does does Joe Joyce? He says he doesn't want more tests. He just wants the world title, but you can't. Surely sit around for that length of time. Where, how, where does he go now? How much of a risk does he take now, given where he stands?
2: Well, stick him in with White, you just you just said it, and it's obviously never going to happen in a million years because of all sorts of reasons. We don't we, you know, boxing fans listen to this show, watch the show, they know for a fact that that fight would never happen, so we haven't got to explain why, which is sad, really. But um, <laughs> yeah, what does he what does he do? You're right, he, he fights people like Carlos Takam, um, and to be fair to Dylan White. Although he did turn down Joshua and he turned down a final eliminator for the IBF with Kubak, pro 11, all this sort of stuff, and he maintained that path of the WBC. What he did do was he, had hard, he took hard fights in the interim, um, Oscar Rivas and obviously Fort White in pay per views, and took big, meaningful, lucrative fights. And I think if you're Joe Joyce, you have to do that. If you want to in any way be prepared when the call does come. And when you think about it, I wrote this bit in a piece this week. If you think about it, you've got, what say say it all goes to plan and Wilder fights Fury in October, Joshua beats Usyk, Fury wins. They get together early next year. They could have a rematch in the middle part of next year. Who knows? They could have a trilogy fight in the end of 2022 or even start of 2023. Not a single belt gets fragmented once they're having unifications every time. Talking 2023, summer of two years from now, when Joe Joyce is going to have a world title fight. Same with Dylan White. Same with every other heavyweight on the planet. So they've got to fight each other, haven't they? Got, they have to. And really, in the shake-up, who really remembers what belts were on the line in all those great heavyweight fights you can go and watch now on, you know, on, uh, on YouTube from the 70s and 80s and even earlier? Like, no, nobody cares. Um, they'll make a lot of money and have great, meaningful, legacy-defining fights without the belts. Let them do what they want. Let, let Fury and Joshua go and fight. What Joe Joyce cannot afford to do now... If he wants to make any money, wants to leave the sport with any sort of legacy, he cannot sit around and wait for the call because it ain't
1: going to come for a long time. But and I understand that. And the bottom line is, and when you when you're old and retired like myself, it's all about the money. But to say you're a world champion for a minute, a day, a month, two years, ten—it's it, sort of to say that is what you turned amateur for, what you started boxing for. Once you started becoming good as an amateur, they, they were they were. Your, your lofty dreams you never thought you'd get to. And, and, and you know, not to have that, but still be successful because of politics or because you know, they're not as meaningful as they once were, it's a travesty for a fighter. For his, yeah. for his, his whole motivation of why he's done it, it all becomes about money. And, you know, and all this, I hate this boxing's a business. Promoters say that. I know boxers are saying it, because promoters have rammed it on their throat. Boxing's a business. Yeah, we know it's a business, so is football a business, and so is rugby a business. But we we don't say that about them, do we? But they're sports to us, and that's what it is. It's a sport that you can make money from, lots of money from, if you're very very good, and certainly if you're very big and very good. The the biggest problem is rematch clauses. Rematches are fantastic, and I might have done this already, I do it everywhere. But rematch clauses uh, should never be allowed never be allowed it's, it's a safety blanket safe for for the champion where's the risk in that fight when you know if you underperform you get a chance to do it again and also if, as as with didion white and now potentially joe joyce and all the other guys down the line we forget it we, we just refocus on the guys who are number one challenger but also it affects number seven ten fifteen all those guys coming up because if those titles are held up for two years like Fury and Wilder now, they've held that WBC title now between them since 2019. And how does that help all the other guys? Dylan White can't get a shot. Then the guys below him can't get a shot. Can't get. Can't get. No one contender to get their shot. It's they shouldn't be allowed. I mean, you shouldn't be allowed to fight for the title unless it's some sort of controversy. You shouldn't be allowed to fight for the title off a loss. Any title off a loss. Imagine that being. I thought that was a rule at one stage. Imagine that being like set in stone. Unless, unless, it's, unless it's a really controversial fight, you can't fight for a title off a loss. You have to have an, a warm-up again. Against anybody, it's irrelevant. Just a, You go back with a win. and then But in the meantime, that they can fight someone else. Unless would,
2: you, would you agree, though, based on what you saw today, that Joe Joyce would be better placed to win against Joshua Fury and therefore win a world title Based like if he went and fought meaningful fights now for the next 18 months, two years, would that prepare him better or would it just put Miles on the clock and, and sort of maybe make him less prepared to win or have the possibility of beating Fury or Joshua? Because <laughs> that's what I worry about is you sit around and get stagnant for two years. Look at Chris Jenkins today. I know there was all sorts of reasons why yeah, he hasn't sure, been yeah. for a long time, but you sit around and get stagnant and then the, then the phone goes or you're like, oh, hang on a sec, that would be you now you have a long camp and you train, but you actually haven't had a
1: meaningful fight for two years or whatever. And then it catches up with you. Or you... Well, you're not ready.
2: You're yeah, not
1: ready. But you'll take the fight because you, you don't know when you're ever going to get a chance. I've been there. You, don't know, don't know, you get a phone call and you're boxing next week and you don't say no because you don't know when you're going to get a fight again. And I understand that. And I do think, you know, the more experience that, that Joyce can get at the higher level, the better for him, but also his age and taking punches in the end, your chin won't, ha- won't stand up the shots it's not bulletproof. It, it wears everything. Every everything has wear and tear. Your body, your mind, everything. And I think that's 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 an issue. So if he gets the opportunity, he takes it now. But you know, stylistically, he's he doesn't it doesn't favour well for him with any of those guys. To be honest, I have to be honest. All, all three of the top guys there, he, he struggles with with all three of them stylistically. I feel, even though he, he's always going to be hard work. Because of of big he is and strong and committed he is, but the fact that he's easy to hit means F- Fury could just dance around and slow at foot, dance around and, and, and play around with him. Uh, you no, know, Joshua will go right at him in the straight lines. We'll be right in front of him and not, and not give him any space to throw back. And, and and I think that and Wilder with that long whipping right hand, you know, would test that chin to the max. So you know, you'd think he, he's going to struggle? But that's irrelevant. You no, know, he's got himself to that position, where he deserves a shot. And Uzek as well, you know, you don't his movement will cause him trouble. But he's got a bit more of a chance, there Because that gotta be that's not five rounds or three rounds, this is twelve rounds. He's gotta run. Can he do it? You, you, you'd have to run against Joyce, that's for sure.
2: I think I think Joyce wants to hope that either Joshua or Fury loses and the the big the big one falls by the wayside. He'll be sort of the only people in the Joe Joyce business really are gonna be rooting for either of those guys to lose, but that, it gives them a better chance than done it if U6 wins, for instance. There'll be rematch clues and whatever else. But those yeah. belts get fragmented away from the from our two, the two Brits, he's in better spot,
1: White's in a better spot. while you know they all are I, I think you usually you think if there was a rematch for that you no know, if, if you know, forget it. Fury beats um Wilder now and then Joshua beats Uzik for example, just say for instance, then then two fights all the belts stay together because there's so much money involved the, the organisation's got to be putting pressure on him, but they won't because the rematch, they'll get more from that than they would if it was all split up and they had five fights each, you No, know, to the equivalent of that. So you think, but you'd hope, you'd hope that one of those guys would, for the rematch, would just chuck all the belts. That's that's the way they can do it, to be honest, but they won't. But you think, they because they're bigger, they've, they've gone beyond that level now, where a lot of fighters haven't, they've gone beyond that level. They really have. They've, they, 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 they're way above that now the, the the organizations need them, they don't need the organizations. That's the way boxing has changed now because there's so much money involved. That once you become the, the genuine number one, you don't need those belts anymore, they need you more than you need them. But yeah, but who knows? It, it's, he's had, he's had you know, he's against third Matt said made this right, he's had 13 fights, he hasn't really had many easy touches in those 13 fights. It's been a massive. For his age, he did the right thing. It's gone longer than I thought. To be fair, those thirteen fights, but he's had a really hard apprenticeship. So he's got he's got to the level where he deserves. He's, he can box. Um, what's that fella now? Who just won a version of the world title? Daniel Dubois. He can box him. Mean, was he WBA, global? If you if gold,
2: gold, gold, yeah, gold, gold one. But you're right I there, know? Barry. Just, I just got it up there, right? So thirteen fights. He's already beaten. Carlos Takan, Daniel Dubois, Bryant Jennings, Ustinov, Vermain Stavern, Joe Hanks. It, I mean, he even ki- Lemroy Thomas. He kicked it off by it's beating really Ian, Ian Lewis. against Ian Lewison, knocked him out. You know, for a debut, that was mad. So it's stupid, you know, stupid, you've got, stupid. You've got to look at that. To see the sort of the pace that he's been moved at. And it Josh Taylor was on commentary, commentary and it's a similar sort of it's a different trajectory. But when you look at just the quality, the condensed quality yeah. of fighters, Taylor, you know name for name Taylors is better, probably the best in the world in terms of how condensed it is and concentrated it is. But that Joe Joyce's run to now has been mad since he turned over, really. Um, and you've got, you've got to take your hat off to it. But we're talking about him, hopefully, becoming a world champion. And when you get caught that much by Takanas Sakam in the space of six rounds, then you have got to be slightly concerned about that,
1: regardless of what's come before. You have. I, think, I don't think you can be dramatically better. No. But the way he boxed against Dubois was a lot better and and he'd have more success there. But I still, I don't think he beats any of those guys. That's the truth of it, to be honest. I don't think he beats any of those, the top three. I don't think he beats them. Just don't. Whatever he can do, you can reinvent him. So whatever he can do for what he has, I just don't think it works. Because I don't think he has that, like everybody said, he doesn't have that, that wilder power to start you. I mean, potentially, they all got it, of course, but at that weight. But it's, you know, he wears you down and beats you up, doesn't he, Joe Joyce? That's what he does. And also, he, he makes you gas out. And 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 that, so I think he would struggle that way with them guys. Who would because you pick him against that Usyk much, and Dylan who, who
2: would you pick against Usyk and Dylan White? As in, if if Joyce boxed either of those guys. If you say the top three probably losing, would you give yeah. a chance to either of those guys?
1: Um, I can't see. I think because that the way he can get caught with that overhand right. See, Daniel White gives you so many opportunities to knock him out. That's that's the thing with Dick, he's so committed. But he throws a wicked overhand right himself, and I and and the left hook as course as well. That's that's a shot you remember. But you no, know, with the whip, he can get in his shots. I think he would. I would probably favour him, maybe possibly against against Joyce. And even it depends what Lusik looks like. now. I you know, imagine I haven't seen any pictures of him since he's he's had time not to bulk up, hasn't he? Yeah. No, to the heavyweight division. His movement—if he can maintain that movement—I think Joyce struggles with him, also. To be fair, what about you, Martin? Who?
2: How would you pick? How would you see Joyce fares against those five get guys? Those five top names that we sort of then does he beat any of them?
0: Who's the fifth? Al oh, Walder. Does well, he beat any of them? No, I think the only one I would give him, maybe a, maybe I'd go 60-40 against White. But the other four, I'd give him a slim slim hope, to be honest. Yeah, and he's
2: not, like you said, Barry, he's not like this concussive, like one-punch guy who's going to pull something out of the fire either, no. necessarily. So I'll tell you who else throws a mean overhand right, which might give him trouble, is Derek Chazora. That's a fight I wouldn't mind seeing in the next six months if he's sat well, around with his Conveniently. Agent. agent? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> who who yeah. turned
2: up
1: tonight to watch this yeah. fight? <laughs> yeah. exactly. this hey, is the fight? Next, this probably his next fight, let's be honest. Yeah. I think that's let's a say, good what, fight, though. I, sorry, I think that's a good fight. I, I, as good as he throws that right hand, Gisora, for the most part, he slaps with it. So, every everyone again he turns over to the knuckle. Shows the power, natural power he has because he hurts people with the, with the inside of the glove. If he can turn that over, and no one's been able to make him do that, so he's been with some good trainers, and none of them have been able to make him turn that, lift that elbow up, and he throws that overhand right. But if he can do that against Joyce, then he probably could knock him out. But I don't think, I think that cuffing shot that he throws, I, I don't think. And the biggest issue for Joyce is just getting a bit of speed on the jab. It's all, It's not the coming out, it's the. It's not the going out, it's the coming back. comes back too slow. And if he can just work on that, and you have to, you know, you, you lose a little bit of power with that, but it makes him safer. I think that's the that's the thing. Or he throws that jab and it always sort of spins or steps to the right. So you've got that right hand up there, he can block the hook, but then the right hand is coming this way, it's got to travel more. You're moving away from the right hand, and that will help him. Or dip the head though when you throw it.
2: Like that. He seemed to he seems to do that a lot more against Dubois, and it was like
1: Dubois I'm advertising for my for my job. <laughs>
2: I'm just trying to get him in another. Director's all in another press conference, though, so Martin, because you know he does. So. <laughs> he get his, like, first journalist, so getting back on the top table.
0: The thing is, at some point, the WBO will order an interim world title. The longer this, you know, goes on and on. Yeah,
2: but who cares? Who cares?
0: No, no, hang, hang on. I'm just let me finish. <laughs> so, be so a good what, point now. I'm just trying to help out, your boy. So Joseph That's Parker that. fights Derek Chisora again later this year. Derek Chisora with the upset win. Mm-hmm. Chisora Joys for the interim World title May next year.
1: So, I I think they all have interim World titles now because you know, yeah. if these titles are going to be jammed up, they are in this, and this. Even the RBF are going to wilt to the end because if these titles are going to be held up with, with these three fighters then or four of them, but you know, there's going to be three in the mix and then two in the mix in the end of course. But then... No, and that's going to be three years. That's realistically, that's what it's going to be. Then you have to have interim titles. You don't really, but that's they don't have number one contender anymore. They have an interim title, and that's a well. The WBC already got Dillian White as their. Is he's he already an interim Dillian White? Um. Yeah. Probably. Who oh, yeah. no. knows? Yeah. So. So you know he he fights for the interim of the of the super interim. I don't know who knows. Like it's it's ridiculous. But it's just another bout and it gives credence to something or somebody, but yeah, it gives a sanctioning fee. I think that's the most important part. But the, what you want to do? You want to be at the top of the tree. You want to be top number one, number two by the time those titles have come become available. That's the truth, the truth. So be also awesome. as, as Duncan said, you need to take competitive fights, you need to take fights that are going to earn you lots of money. Chisor is a guarantee, you know, for some reason he's a box office hit, and so. That's a fight that that will sell well and he'll he'll build it up well and he'll lose a lot of money for. And it'll be a fight where he has to I think a fight that he can win. I think a fight he should win. But he you know he'll learn a lot from it. And there's a risk attack attached to it as well. But I don't I think Gesora's you know, shouldn't beat anyone in the top five in the world. Gesora shouldn't. I'm not saying he won't, but he shouldn't, to be honest. And that's that's how I feel with Derek Gesora. But I always have. And he's, and he surprised me how well he's done against top tier fighters in the past. But you know that's uh, I think that says more about them than it does about him, to be honest. But he, either way, I think I think yeah, I think being staying competitive there's a there's a risk, there's a risk attached to that that you get beat, and then all your hard work like Dillian White, all your hard work, then is undone. But then you have a rematch clause. They're fantastic. Get ideas. Back. You Have a rematch clause. So you never really lose even when you lose. You just get more money for the other fight and you win, you go back to where you belong.
0: Well, I think we can safely conclude that the heavyweight title picture and the division in general is as cloudy as ever. <laughs> the right after t- t- it certainly is. One man looking to, well, make his path to world title, I guess, a little clearer is Conor Ben. He is the first headline act the first fight night camp of this fight night, oh, fight camp of this summer, and of course, Matchroom's first official UK show on the zone. Have you both? I both suspect
2: bought your seven hundred and fifty quid tickets for that.
0: Two, actually, yeah. So?
2: Two, just so you got a bit more space.
0: I'm still waiting to get a phone call to work.
1: <laughs> no, I've, I've got, got news for you, Barry. That. This is the <laughs> Hope, yeah.
0: Well, that's it. If you can't afford seven hundred and fifty pounds, if you don't like the idea of streaming then the only place next week is indeed with the three of us. So I'll assume you'll be with us. We'll certainly be here. Until then, do take care.